0: All right, welcome back everyone to another episode of Timeout Talk. We're your hosts, Raphael Singer. And Hunter Leon. And there's a lot to jump into today as the regular season is over and we're heading into the postseason. But before we start talking about the play-in or the playoffs, uh, there was a lot of Hall of Fame news uh, that happened over this past week. Um, you know, the class of 2020 was inducted. Uh, so I guess let's just start there. What did you think of the ceremony? What do you think of the inductees? And uh, what do you think the whole whole
1: thing i think this is the best hall of fame class all time so far um the only class that stands close to it is the 2009 class which is michael jordan's class um and you could also argue that i think it was 2016 was alan iverson and Shaq, but um i don't think anybody stands close really to this class which is just alone tim duncan and kobe bryant really made this class special i mean Shout out to Kevin Garnett, but that really speaks to how incredible this class was when you're like going, wow, Kevin Garnett really dragged this class down. I mean, yeah. between between them, I think there's like 10 championships or 11 championships. Uh, I think maybe 25 first team all-star appearances. It's pretty incredible. Um, and the speeches were really great. I thought that Vanessa did A great job and she did the best she really could because I mean nobody's going to be able to deliver speech Kobe would have given but it was really touching and I think she did an incredible job I really enjoyed listening to Tim Duncan's speech I thought listening Mm -hmm. uh, to his family life and all that was really cool I didn't realize his mother passed away when he was so young but I got to learn a little bit more about him Mm -hmm. and I liked how Kevin Garnett he wanted to be the first to go because uh he he knew that the old guys like Bill Russell needed to get to bed soon. So <laughs> that's what <laughs> yeah. you said. A lot but, of great moments. Yeah. What do you think?
0: I thought I think you hit the nail on the head. You know I, I just want to echo what you're saying. Like touching is a great word for for Vanessa's speech. I thought it was it was really well done and really heartfelt. Uh, obviously, you know you can never replicate what Kobe was gonna do, but this is the, the next best thing, you know? And I think it was really sweet and very emotional, you know? Um, and I think yeah. you, you're you totally right. I agree with you that this is the best Hall of Fame class we've seen so far. I mean, you're looking at a guy who's the, regarded as the number two shooting guard of all time, the best power forward of all time, and arguably the second best power forward of all time with Kevin Garnett. There's some debate between him and Dirk, but you can you can make that case that it's KG, you know? Mm-hmm. Um And I think it's going to stay that way for a long time until maybe uh, LeBron's class, you know, who knows? Yeah, but we don't even know who's going to be in that class. LeBron doesn't make a class by himself. Right, exactly. I mean, I'm just saying like that, that might be the only one that could maybe. But we'll have to just wait and see. Uh, And I think, yeah, I think um, Tim Duncan gave a a great speech and I thought uh, KG's speech as well was uh, was funny and provided some good levity uh, for what was... A pretty pretty emotional night I would say um, and yeah I just I think it was overall just very well done and uh, speaking of Hall of Fame though they also announced the, the Hall of Fame class of 2021 uh, some notable names being Rick Adelman uh, for coach uh, Chris Bosch, Paul Pierce Ben Wallace Chris Weber um, Bill Russell going in as a as a coach this time. So he's going to get two hall of fame jackets. Um, Jay Wright uh, among various, various other names. So what are your impressions of this class?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think this is definitely a solid class. It's not like one of the best classes ever, but shout out to Bill Russell for getting another a hall of fame appearance, another jacket. Um, he's probably, in a very limited amount of people maybe five six guys all the time have done that i don't know the actual number but I, you can tell that that's going to be a scarce group of people right um obviously paul pierce and chris Bosch. yeah that's a pretty solid class but i think coming after or so soon after the 2020 class i am not as amazed as i would be
0: yeah it's a hard act to follow the class of 2020 Um, I will say, though, that I'm very happy Ben Wallace is finally in the Hall of Fame. I think he definitely deserves it. Um, We're looking at a guy who who was a four-time Defensive Player of the Year, and just what he was able to do on those Pistons teams was incredible. So uh, I think people often talked about him as, like, the best player to never be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, So now we're going to have to look for (laughs) – we're going to have to find a new person to take that title.
1: Brian (laughs) Scalabrini.
0: Well, I mean that goes without saying. Like he's the biggest snub. Um. Anyways, moving <laughs> into uh current basketball, we at the beginning of the season, Hunter and I we outlined our predictions for the standings in the regular season, and what I wanted to do was go over our predictions and see how those actually panned out. Oh no, to the actual standing.
1: <laughs> Keep um, in mind this is before any trades were made, so. Um, the Rockets still had James Harden and Russell Westbrook. This was pre-all trades. We just went into it blind.
0: Yeah, so uh, forgive us in advance because a lot of these are are very off the mark. Starting at the top of the Western Conference where Hunter and I both had the Mavericks at the one seed. Hunter, do you want to go into our, our thought process behind this? <laughs> yeah,
1: story? I guess so. Sadly, um, we thought Luca was going to take a step up, which he arguably did he definitely hasn't been shy of anybody's expectations but it really was his supporting cast that didn't seem to hold together as well as we thought they were going to hold together uh Kristaps Porzingis was a big part of that just not being healthy so I mean obviously this team looking back does not look like a one seed whatsoever but they definitely uh
0: definitely could have been a little bit higher to seed if Chris Dups had been healthy. I mean, the thing is one seed now that I think about it, wasn't even that it was a bull prediction, but it's not out of the question. You know, who's the one seed this year, the Utah jazz Luca is way better than Donovan Mitchell. So to believe that a healthy Mavericks team led by a great coach uh, who, you know, they had the best offense in the league last year who made some uh, defensive additions in the off season, Um, when would improve from their playoff run in 2020 would like put it all, put all the pieces together and make it to the one seed is not that unbelievable. I just think that it was like you said, the health factor is what really hurt them. And the fact that they got off to a really slow start, you know, they picked it up in the second half of the season, but they started the season really, really slow. Yeah. And getting into the second seed, this is where we differed a little bit. I had the Lakers
1: and you had the Clippers. So I feel like both of these are very, reasonable I mean right. Lakers just got injured and I think everybody still has them as the favorites to win the title or a lot of people do so I don't think my prediction was very bold injuries got to the Lakers and I think what do you think of the Clippers for yourself
0: I mean honestly I was I I thought that the Clippers were definitely going to be doing better than the Lakers in the regular season I think they realized their mistakes last year of not taking the regular season seriously enough and you know with the whole load management things and uh, I think that that's sort of held true. Like the Clippers ended as the four seed this year.
1: I think your prediction was yeah. right. I mean, they tanked for the last few games, but
0: yeah. So realistically, had they not tanked for to avoid the Lakers, they would have ended as the three seed. So I, I think I would say that was a fairly good prediction. Um, <laughs> what a few, but um, I, I mean, I had the Lakers on number three, so we both had them pretty high up. I, you can't really predict injuries and health issues, so. Yeah. I was very
1: spot on with this next one. I had the Denver Nuggets at three. Yeah. And you had the Lakers at three. So I think I hit the nail on the head, but why don't you give your explanation for the Lakers? Actually, I don't think that seems very necessary. I think we understand. Yeah. (laughs) So both of us for four had the trailblazers. So I think we're a little off there. Why You want to get into that?
0: Yeah, I mean, the Trailblazers, I think we did this at a point where some offseason moves have been made, but none of the big trades has happened yet. So, as you said, Russell Westbrook and Harden were still in the Rockets, as we'll talk about later. Um, but, you know, the Trailblazers did make some trades and make some moves. They, they got Robert Covington, um, Derek Jones Jr., among other pieces. So I thought those moves were really good to help them on the defensive end because they had all the offensive firepower in the world. It's just, they couldn't play a lick of defense uh, plus bringing in NS cancer, obviously not great for defense, but you know, he's going to help them just help their offense a lot more. And he's another big body who who's going to help them on offense. Uh, I thought that they would really step it up. And Dame was playing ridiculous last season. I think it might've been his best season ever, to be honest. So I thought that he would continue that momentum into this season. And, To a certain extent, that's true, but he did have a a big slump in the midseason, and the Trailblazers obviously struggled with health issues. CJ missed like a third of the season, Nurkic half the season. So, yeah, I think it was was just another pick that was hurt a lot by health.
1: Yeah, I I think there was some health issues in there, but I also think looking back, I mean, obviously the Suns and the Jazz, you know, they did step it up, but Even then, I think the Trailblazers could have been a little bit lower on my list, but you know, I didn't pick them there. So, next, you have the Nuggets at five, and I have the Clippers at five.
0: So, what you want to talk about? What why you think the Clippers were going to be like worse than they were last year? Yeah,
1: honestly, I don't know. I think I was just looking at all these teams and going, wow, the West is stacked. How is this going to work out? I thought the Clippers would learn their lesson and they wouldn't load manage as much, but I thought. Still thought there would be a little bit of load managing in there. Um, I think there's always a chance for Kawhi and PG to get injured because they're somewhat injury pumped players. This is also before the Serge Ibaka edition Rondo. and in the Rondo edition. So that does play a huge part in that. I think Rondo did save them a few games just by being a facilitator. Right. Um, but I think it's reasonable to say that the Clippers could have been the five seed because the the West is just very strong.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And in another world where, you know, the Lakers stay healthier than the Clippers and PG goes out for an extended period of time or Kawhi, uh, then who knows, maybe that ends up being right. But that's just not how the injury bug panned out this year. Uh, moving on, though, to to number six, we again had, like, inverse picks for six and seven. I had Rockets, then Suns, and you had Suns, then Rockets. Yeah. Uh, we both had the Rockets there, which I don't think is that unfair of a pick because at the time, Harden and Westbrook were still on the Rockets. So it's not out of the realm of possibility to think Harden, Westbrook, Christian Wood, obviously PJ Tucker, Aaron Gordon, Eric Gordon. That's a good team. That's a really good team still. So not. I don't think that pick can be faulted that much. But yeah, I don't why think so we both had the Suns so low.
1: I think the what I was thinking with the Suns again was wow, the West is stacked. Chris Paul is going to really enhance this team, but I thought in the same way he was going to enhance OKC, it was going to be more like that kind of enhancement where it's like, okay, he's going to take them from a lottery team to a six seed. Like yeah. that's what I figured because that was what he did in OKC, but you really saw guys like Devin Booker. Uh, Breakout DeAndre Ayton, and they really f- stepped into their roles. Mikael Bridges, yep. they all really came together. So it just all happened at the right time for the Suns. And rounding out the
0: West, this is one we actually got right though. Warriors at AC, we both, both of us, that. very good. And uh, I mean, this is obviously pre in We're recording this, so the, the Warriors like might lose twice and be out of the playoffs. But no, if they, lose, say- if they
1: lose, if they. Oh, you mean if they lose the second time yeah, against it, the – oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's <laughs> a
0: chance that, like, Memphis or San Antonio be the A seed. I'd be
1: very not. surprised if that happened.
0: But, yeah, as it stands right now, we got that pick right. So, moving on to the Eastern Conference.
1: Yeah, no, wait, really quickly, though. I just want to touch on something. We didn't
0: even put the Jazz in the playoff. Oh, yeah. No, we did not <laughs> put the Jazz. I, I knew <laughs> that's crazy. crazy. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> we didn't put the one seed. Oh, my God. I think okay, but if if the Rockets weren't there, or if we knew that Harden would, was going to get traded, or Westbrook was going to get traded for John Wall, like we probably would have replaced them with the Jazz.
1: No, I still think we would have put the Jazz low. We put the Jazz seven or eight.
0: Yeah, but at least we would have had them as a playoff team. Yeah, like, but now we now happen? we look
1: stupid. We have the one seed out of the playoffs. So we have the one <laughs> seed in the lottery. That
0: happened. That's crazy. That's yeah. like. Uh, did this
1: yeah, how turbulent this year is and how really anything could happen.
0: <laughs> that's like this year, you're like the 76ers, they're not making the playoffs, man. I'm sorry. They're not. Yeah, so that's a big L. I will I will say though that we took like I'll give us like two W's, you know, like with the Warriors and the I mean, I'll give myself the Clippers one. I give myself the Nuggets.
1: Come yeah. on now. So All I right, get the yeah, Nuggets. I got I got the Nuggets, the Warrior the Warriors and uh that's about it that's it (laughs) this this was was a hard season to predict
0: oh yeah no especially with how many big moves are made like super tough um moving to the
1: eastern conference you want to start with your number one
0: i think this one is uh crazy (laughs) well i put the celtics as the one seed look this is coming off of a great playoff run you know they made it to the eastern conference finals um And they look great. The Celtics look great in the bubble and in the playoffs. Jason Tatum was really elevating his game. Jalen Brown was emerging. Uh, Kemba wasn't playing like his old self, but he was still playing very well. And it just looked like they were finally putting it all together, you know?
1: Gordon Hayward was there, though.
0: Right. And uh, I thought Hayward would be healthy in the regular season and would be able to, you know, add that, be that next, scorer wing defender who can really elevate their game but obviously losing hayward was a big big loss um and it just didn't end up they, they just didn't end up gelling as well as i thought they would you put the box so
1: i was pretty close i thought that was a fair pick i mean this is also before drew holiday and petrie tucker were there but i think pretty self-explanatory bucks gelled this year I think that obviously when you have Giannis and Chris Middleton you have two all stars and you have some incredible real players you have a lot of grit on that team it's just gonna it's gonna work
0: yeah I, I will say though that our one two and three are the same but they're just in different orders I had Celtics Bucks Nets you had Bucks Nets Celtics yes so I think yours was your Nets pick was right on the money mm-hmm. uh, but your Bucks pick was like
1: a little high, but I think it's still fair. Like yeah. I, I give myself the Bucks pick. I mean, that's it's not like I'm crazy off.
0: Yeah, and I think I think we're both pretty pretty much on the money with the Bucks and Nets. We, we both we get both, that. We both had the Sixers at four. So talk to me a little about why you thought that the the Sixers wouldn't really work that well this year.
1: Uh, like you, I thought the Celtics were going to play at a great level. I didn't think they'd be better than the Nets or the Bucks. And this is also pre James Harden. Keep in mind that. If I had known, I probably would that James Harden was going to be on the Nets. I would have put them as the one seed. Yeah, Um, I think we all. Anyway, uh, the Celtics just I thought they'd gel, like you said, and everything you said pretty much held true to me. And obviously, I didn't think the lack of a big man would make such a big difference in their seating. Um, But if I had known, obviously six years would be bumped up to three. But even then, I think the addition of Seth Curry really just helped space the floor for their team. And they got some shooters. And that's what really makes their team so great this year, aside from Joel Embiid's MVP-level season.
0: Yeah, I think it's Joel Embiid that really none of us could have saw this coming. Like, if you asked us before the season, like, who are your top five in picks to be MVP? We might say LeBron again. Uh, we might say Harden. Giannis. Yeah, we might say players like this. I Jokic, even, as, like, a dark horse. I don't think any of us would have said Embiid because – He's injury prone and he just doesn't really play that well in the regular season, to be honest. Like he doesn't play at an MVP level. Obviously he's a superstar, but he's not playing like an MVP. So I think that, that elevation of his game is what really is the thing that we didn't see coming. Hence why we had them at the the four seed. Uh, we also had the, the, both had the Miami heat at the five seed, uh, which is pretty close. They ended up being the six seed. But, uh, and I think we, we both saw that the shortened season was going to have impacts on their health. The mm-hmm. beginning of the season was really shaky for them with uh, COVID protocols. But the next pick, we both put the Raptors, who obviously did not make the playoffs. Talk to me a little about why you thought or why we thought, actually, that the Raptors would be good enough to make the playoffs this, again this year. Uh, you know, I thought Pascal Siakam would be
1: able to step it up. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people expected, even though Pascal Siakam last year wasn't like incredible, maybe it took him a year to figure it out. Fred Van Fleet signed on a massive deal. So I figured, Hey, you know, you got that. Still, You still have at least most of that core that was there when they won that championship in 2019, you're just missing Kawhi. You still have Kyle Lowry, um, smart players on that team. Hey, OG um, and OB, Chris Boucher, or Chris Boucher, sorry. Um, but the, you figure that that team is going to be able to do something mm-hmm. um they just did not show up this season Kyle Lowry was is now in an unhappy position really right um,
0: so that really impacted them i think yeah and they they're, they're I'm coached by one of the best coaches in the league Nick Nurse um and i think something another thing we didn't see coming was them having to play the season in Tampa that i'm sure that had a big effect on their season playing like Essentially zero home games. Yeah, gonna have an effect on any team. Thank Um, you, Canada, for being shut down. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So I don't really fault us too much for that. I mean, you got a a little bit, but like there were some things we just couldn't see coming. Um, And then we both had the Hawks and Wizards making the playoffs, which is right in the money. We both had Hawks at seven, Wizards at eight. Obviously, the Hawks are the five seed uh, as it stands right now and uh we were right on the wizards though yeah we were right on so looks like for both conferences we got the eighth seed so i mean i'm pretty proud of that yeah
1: i'll give myself like three dubs within this list who wizards heat and nets oh then i'll give myself four dubs because i'll give myself the bucks because i feel like that's reasonable still that's like pretty decent
0: sure then i'll I'll give myself around four as well because our lists were pretty similar
1: yeah um Also, let's comment on this one. Nobody would have been able to expect this, but New York Knicks,
0: you know. they're not that was crazy. And they're the four seed, so. You would have thought, even in the beginning of the season, if you asked us, like, two months or one or two months into the season, when the Knicks were, like, still in the playoff picture, you know. I think they were, like, 500 around that time. You asked, all right, now make your Eastern Conference standings. I still think we wouldn't happening there because we would have thought oh it's just a fluke they're playing well in the beginning of the season this happens you know like there was a point I think it was last season when the Timberwolves were like the the two seed or something like that in the beginning of the season everything is turbulent even the beginning of the season last year the Suns were like the one or two seed exactly um obviously maybe now we know that that might have just been like them putting it together with DeAndre even before he got suspended but like even that, then, we wouldn't have thought about it like that. Exactly, things at the beginning of the season aren't always how they pan out. You know, teams start really hot and then flame out, and teams struggle in the beginning uh, and then put it all together by the end, like the Washington Wizards. Um, all right, from there, I think
1: it would be a great place to talk about dark horses. Like, who do you think is your dark horse to win each conference?
0: Okay, so, I mean, dark horse is a very interesting term because are we talking about a team who is not the favorite who can win it or is it just a team like say 5 seed or below who has a chance
1: we're talking about let's say vegas odds wise like you're a team that people aren't really expecting like lakers are a 7 seed but people still expect them to do well so they're not a dark horse
0: well i think the the answer for the eastern conference i would have to give it to the Heat. I mean, normally I would say the Celtics because they just have the talent to do that. But without Jalen Brown, I just don't see it happening. But I think Miami, uh, if they're able to get past the Bucks, which is going to be a tough first-round matchup, but we saw them do it last year, they obviously have the pieces to make it to the finals. You know, that was exemplified by their run last year. They have a superstar in Jimmy Butler. They have, uh, you know, Bam Adebayo, great defensive player, all-star player. Who he wasn't picked this year, but um he he can play to that level. He is that type of caliber of player. Um and a fantastic coach in Eric Spolstra, you know, they have just great role players, and I think that they have what it takes. Uh if if the stars align again, but I'm yeah. not sure that'll happen.
1: I, I understand where you're coming from, but I'm to disagree. And I think my dark horse pick is the Brooklyn Nets. No, <laughs> they have a limited talent roster. Um, very, they're very starting heavy. Like they don't have a, a a lot of bench depth, which I think a lot of people think is the reason they're not going to get very far in the playoffs. People are saying maybe the eliminated first round, most yeah. likely to the uh,
0: Washington Wizards. That's what people are really talking about um yeah, people are, are really concerned like they just don't really have that much star power you know no they don't um who's gonna handle the ball in the clutch is really what people are they asking. don't have many ball handlers to be honest no they don't <laughs>
1: um no but <laughs> for real I, I do agree with you i don't think i have much more to add to the fact that the miami heat are proven they they've proven that they can get to the finals some people are gonna say it's a fluke from last year but i think just the end of this regular season showed that it really wasn't a fluke in that they are still a solid team that can upset because they have a lot of heart right
0: and i think I do, that oh, oh sorry.
1: so i was going to say i think jay crowder that's a big hit for them yeah uh, kelly Olenek. that's another big hit for them but i do think
0: even then they still have a really solid team yeah i agree and i think that while they lost out on a guy like jay crowder and, the, you know, they, they have they, they have a rookie and Precious, Precious Achua who has been playing really, really well this season. So um, I think they, they were able to maybe fill some of those gaps. Obviously, like, the the grittiness and toughness that Jay Carter brings, you can't really replace. But you still have really quality, like, tough players like Gord Drogic. Uh, I think we need to see playoff hero again. You know, like, he had a great run in the bubble. Uh, and he hasn't really been playing uh, to that level throughout the regular season. He's been disappointing in that regard. So we're going to have to see him return to that level. We're going to have to see Duncan Robinson making shots and Jimmy Butler play to the level that we know he can play. But I think, as I said, if the stars align, like anything's possible. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And then what would be your pick for the Western Conference?
0: For the Western Conference, I mean – It's kind of funny because you could call the Lakers a dark horse because they're the We're not not calling the Lakers a dark horse here. Okay, I'm saying you could, though. Um, No, I won't call it. But I think that an actual dark horse, it's hard because, like, the teams that are actually the dark horses, like... are the one seed and the two seed. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) So it's hard to just call them the dark horse. So I guess maybe, I don't know, the Mavericks that it's hard to call anyone in the west a dark horse because i could see basically every team making it to the finals in the west you know i don't see any team that can't except maybe the 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 warriors yeah i i get that
1: i'll really call my dark horse the suns i mean they're not really a dark horse but they are you know nobody's really saying In Vegas, I'm betting my money on the Phoenix Suns to win it all. Yeah. Um, You know, obviously, any Chris Paul-led team, you're going to make it somewhere. And you have somebody who's going to be calm and collected in those moments where it counts. Um, And I think he's really teaching that to a young Suns roster. And I think the X factor for them is obviously Devin Booker. It's Can Devin Booker perform in the playoffs? Can he have 30, 40, 50-point games when it counts?
0: Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because we know he can do that in the regular season. It's it's about whether that He scored 71 in the game, you know? Like he is the real deal when it comes to being a scoring threat. Like that's pretty self-explanatory. But can he pick up his defense? Are the Suns going to be good def- defensively? That's a big question. I mean, you're going against a big Lakers team in the first round most likely. And obviously you can't really stop AD, you can't stop LeBron, but you have guys around them who you can at least minimize their damage. So it's like, are the suns able to pick up? Can Devin Booker play good defense on KCP guard, the three point line? Like that's, what's going to matter.
0: Right. And I think I'm glad you brought up the Lakers Suns matchup because I think we're obviously assuming the Lakers are going to beat the Warriors and be the seventh seed. But I think if the Suns can beat the Lakers, I mean, they're legit. Like that would prove to me that they're legit.
1: That would yeah. prove that they're – I think if the Suns beat the Lakers, they're the favorite, no question.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, I, I want to say that the Clippers, like not to forget about them because obviously they disappointed last year, but they're much improved this year. Like they are a much more well-constructed roster. We know what Kawhi and PG – okay, maybe not PG, but we know what Kawhi can do in the <laughs> playoffs, how he can lead a team. What uh, are you talking
1: about – Paul George just made some of the much clutch – uh trick shots in history in the playoffs like he's one of only five players to ever hit the side of the backboard from the three-point line
0: <laughs> yeah that, that takes some serious accuracy too uh but no in all seriousness i think that the clippers like people they have sort of gone under the radar in the national media this year everyone last year everyone and their mother was talking about the battle of la lakers clippers who's better Kawhi or lebron But this year, the Brooklyn Nets have sort of replaced the Clippers in that role, and that sort of made the Clippers a dark horse in a sense because no one's really talking about them.
1: Yeah, I guess so. That's such a weird dark horse.
0: (laughs) The four seed. That's the thing with the West. I said this earlier, but, like, if the Nuggets made it to the finals, I wouldn't be surprised. They have the MVP. They're a very well-constructed team. Great coach in Mike Malone. If the Mavericks made it, I wouldn't be surprised either, you know? Rick Carlisle, Luka, KP, if he puts it together. Like, Josh Richardson's a solid player. Jalen Brunson, sixth man of the year candidate. Like, they have a very well-done roster. And the Blazers as well. They have Dame, CJ, Nurk. Like, this is a great team. Um, So, I in the West, it's just really up for grabs. Like, especially with the Lakers being so low. The Western Conference is going to be the conference to watch. In yeah. Terms, in my opinion.
1: Absolutely. So from there, we're talking about, you know, teams that will perform well. But how about the teams that are going to disappoint the most?
0: Well, I think in the East, the the team that has the biggest potential to, to flame out early is the Bucks. I mean, the Bucs have the biggest question marks surrounding them. That's Giannis, you know, like. He looks different this year, in my opinion, and he looks like he's going to be much more confident and much less able to be shut down by by teams building that wall. But it's still a big question mark. We don't know. So for all we know, the pl- in the playoffs this year, the first round could just be a repeat of last year. And Miami shuts down Giannis and, and beats the Bucks pretty handedly. So I think in the East, I would say the team that has the most Potential to disappoint would be the, the Milwaukee Bucks.
1: I'd say the Nets simply just because they've only played seven games together with their three core guys, Kyrie, James Harden, KD. Um, although I do believe that they will make it obviously very far in the playoffs. They were my pick to win the East before they even got James Harden. Um, but
0: I just my think for you would be, do you think that a team like the Wizards, who I would say are favorited right now to get that seventh spot. Do you think a team like the Wizards could really beat the Nets in a seven-game series? I mean, the thing is, anything could really happen with a team like that,
1: where you have a guy like Bradley Beal and you have Russell Westbrook. I mean, Russell Westbrook doesn't have a good track record in the playoffs, right? But he's still a guy who's going to get you a triple-double, especially when it counts He's not somebody who's going to be selfish in the playoffs like that. So he is going to get you a bucket. He's going to get you a rebound. He's going to give you an offensive rebound. He'll get you an assist. He'll do everything it takes to win, even if that doesn't mean his team necessarily wins. And you have a guy in Bradley Beal who's also going to score. No, the, obviously, the problem there in that matchup is you have two heavily offensively loaded teams with almost no defense. I think these are two of the worst defensive teams in the league. Yep. Um, and then obviously it's just like the Brooklyn Nets are going to outscore the Washington Wizards just because of the talent level. Um, but, you know, anybody can have an off night. It happens.
0: It's a good so. point. And I, I'm thinking back to their regular season matchups and the Wizards did win some of those games and they they might have won all three matchups, if I'm not mistaken. You might want to fact check me on that. But oh, I okay. remember they they at least won one. You know, that that's that crazy a uh, sequence where I think it was Bradley Beal makes a deep three and then uh, they get the inbound steal. Um, it was, they went two and two. Two and two? Wow. Yeah. yeah, so, like, Garrison Matthews got the the steal, Westbrook makes a three, and they win the game off that. So I think that it could be a good matchup. I don't know. Like, the thing for me, though, is, like, seven games. I'm taking KD, Kyrie, and Harden in seven games. But yeah. I will agree with you. Like, they do have potential because they have played so little together to just, you know, completely – uh, crap the bed playing and, playing very
1: little together leads to a lot of turnovers you know what I mean like that just leads to like misunderstanding reads it's it, it's a lot of unforced turnovers that could happen
0: yeah and I, I think with the Brooklyn Nets we could see maybe a repeat of what happened with the Clippers last year where in the playoffs their flaws are just put on on full display by the team that should be worse than them you know what are what are the flaws that everyone talks about with the Brooklyn Nets lack of depth and defense so who knows maybe a team like the Wizards is the team to exploit that or even the Celtics if they make it to the seventh seed um so yeah the Nets and the Bucks are teams that you know could definitely disappoint what I got I don't know neither of us said the Sixers Do I don't
1: think, think the Sixers are going to be a team to disappoint I just think that their roster construction is really great this year with great coaching and Doc Rivers I mean he's somebody who's proven
0: I mean Proven to blow through one leads. <laughs> proven, proven to blow 3-1 leads, but at the
1: same time, even the, when a guy who blows 3-1 leads, he's somebody who will get you far in the playoffs. You know what I mean? He'll at least get you they there. get you to three games.
0: <laughs> 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 about the fourth one, though.
1: <laughs> the fourth one, Ben Simmons might have to step up and coach. Ben, um, ben Simmons might be the coach. Who knows? Um, but what I was going to say next is talking about another team who's just disappointing – not because of their uh, talent level or anything like that, but because of injuries. The Pacers, wow. It's, it's really shocking to see how many guys they
0: have out right now. How do you feel about them? I think they're tanking. I think they're like, look, what is better for us in the long term to potentially win in this plane, get the eighth or seventh seed? Or it would have to be the AC actually. You really think they're eight. tanking? wow why do you think think they're they're intentionally trying to lose because i think they're like i think we would be better off getting a lottery pick than playing the sixers and getting swept in the first round
1: even if it's that it's true that they'd be better off getting the the pick there don't you think that i mean karis Lever got covid protocols that's not really team related necessarily Sure, Um, i think that might have miles turner has been out I Wolf think the un- TJ Warren's been out the whole season. season. I think the only one who's kind of like questionable, like, hey, why are you keeping him out? Is DeMontis Sabonis? Yeah, but I mean, I don't think they're tanking by any means.
0: Well, I think that players who like could maybe be out, like, if it was a game seven or if it was actually the playoffs, you know, they would be like, mm-hmm. all right, yeah, you're playing because it's the playoffs. But I think they're they're airing more on the side of like, you know what, it doesn't really matter that much take our players out. Like health is more important. We'll come back at them healthy next year. Um, I think that the Pacers could actually be a solid team next year if they stay healthy. Like if TJ – we know what TJ Warren can be capable of doing, but it's questionable to see whether that was a fluke or not. Miles Turner, Sabonis has been really solid, Karis Levert, plus and Malcolm Brogdon, plus whoever they pick with their lottery pick this year uh, because I'm, I'm already writing them off. I don't think they're winning against the Hornets today. <laughs> oh, yeah, i'd
1: agree with you the hornets i think i know obviously it's his first year and there's a lot of hype around it, but i think lamella ball is really the real deal and he can lead his team even being so young to victories right can, and i think he'll keep him in the right spot and then even if he can't you still have gordon hayward there who's gonna be like hey Lamelo, you're our guy we need you to stay in this
0: is gordon going to play in the playing game
1: i don't know let's let's actually check that real quick
0: yeah, while you check that, I just want to comment like they all the Hornets also have a guy in Terry Rogier who is liable to go off at for 40 at any moment. And especially in a big game like this, I could see that, you know, I could see him dropping 30, dropping 40. He's um, out for the plan. Yeah, that's a big it's a big loss for them. The This Hornets really have struggled in the second half of the season ever since Gordon Hayward has gone down, which really shows you how valuable of a player he is. Yeah, so absolutely. I still think though that they have enough to to beat the the tanking Pacers, as I'll call them. You know. Um, I, I just sort of wanted to move quickly back to the Western Conference and talk about a team who you think is just dis- gonna disappoint in the West, or who has the ability to dis- disappoint. Oh yeah, hmm. the West is an
1: interesting one for disappointment because, like we said, there's just like every team is capable of winning. Um, But as far as the teams that are capable of winning that could disappoint the most, I think you have to talk about the jazz. I mean, I was thinking that too. It's just like they blew a three, one lead last year. So, you know, it's like really, you have a pretty similar roster construction. I don't think even really their role players changed. Their stars didn't change. Um, It's the only X factor really there is Mike Conley, which is obviously he has been great this year, but like last year he was not great. So you have to say, Mike calmly, are you gonna continue what you've been doing this year? Um, but it's very possible that they're just going to fall and uh, won't get back up because playing a team like the Warriors, where you have a guy like Steph Curry, assuming the Warriors make it to the eight seed, that's um, just like anything can happen, even in a four-game or even in a seven-game series. Yeah. Uh, Steph Curry can get super hot and put up 50 like average 50. I'm not even kidding. I wouldn't be surprised. Like I'd be shocked and it would be incredible to see, but I think it is very possible for a guy like Steph Curry to average something stupid, like 46 points per game in a play in tournament where he has nobody else, but himself.
0: I agree. And honestly, we've talked about the jazz warriors as a potential matchup before. And I will say that my opinion has slightly shifted. I think that with the health issues that the jazz have had Donovan Mitchell missing extended periods of time, Mike Conley missing extended periods of time. Um, I think that, that they're weakened enough that a red-hot Warriors team led by Steph Curry, you know, they could maybe pull it off. We've seen the Warriors pull off the 1-8 upset before, you know, we believe back, I think it was an 7 against the Mavericks. Um, it's doable. And if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Steph Curry. Because yeah, the Jazz, as a team... I think you always want your second star to be able to be a guy who's like, I can get you a bucket, you know? If your main star is not playing well, he's having an off game. It's like on the, on the Blazers, right? If Dame's not playing well, CJ can get you a bucket. On the Clippers, if is not playing well, PG can get you a bucket. Nuggets with Murray, the, the Lakers with AD, et cetera, right? But for the Jazz, their second best player is Rudy Gobert. He's not a guy who's going to be able to get you a bucket. When it, when it really matters, so you got to rely on your role players and, and players like Mike Conley. Um, I mean, I think it's even more so when you want a bucket,
1: you're relying more so on guys like Joe Ingalls there. Yeah. Bogdanovich to get you that bucket, you know?
0: Exactly. So it's really that, that, that is just a recipe. It, It could blow up in your face is what I'm trying to say. If, if your role players aren't making shots, you know, and you can't really do anything about a guy like Steph Curry, I could see this – I could see an upset happening here in the Jazz really
1: disappointing. Something I did want to comment on that you said is, like, the We Believe Warriors thing. When Draymond Green was asked, hey, what do you think? Do you guys Are you guys like the We Believe Warriors, you know, the eight seed, could possibly upset the one seed kind of thing? He was like, no, we're not like the We Believe Warriors. We have freaking Steph Curry on our team. You know what I mean? It's like we have Steph Curry. Like, he is arguably the best point guard all time. I mean, best shooter all time for sure. Like, that's not a question, but, like – you can't count them out just ever.
0: That's a good point. And it's going to be interesting seeing Curry back in this position. You know, usually we're so used to seeing the Warriors uh, at the top of the West beating down on teams that are much worse than them, but to see Curry essentially by himself um, playing against like the best team in the NBA by record uh, and coming as that heavy underdog, that's going to be interesting to see. And I think, another key component of this Warriors-Jazz matchup is going to be the rest of the Warriors, you know? Like, who's going to step it up on their side? Because Curry, while, yes, he can put a 50, you still are going to need the role players to play big if you want a chance to beat the Jazz, you know? You're going to need contributions from Jordan Poole. You're going to need contributions from Ubre and Wiggins. And Wiggins is someone I want to mention really briefly, has been actually really good this year. Yeah,
1: uh, uh, yeah. For real, Andrew Wiggins. I'm not sure how much he's been averaging, but it's probably like 15, 16 points per game, maybe. But his efficiency has really been improved. And his defense. Don't yes. forget like,
0: the Warriors are actually one of the better defensive teams in the They're, NBA. Uh, top five team defensively. I think that might be top three. Yeah. But... And I think a big part of that is Andrew Wiggins stepping it up on defense. You know, yeah. everyone jokes about it on Twitter saying, like, oh, welcome to Wiggins Island. He takes all the star players, puts them on his island, and clamps them down. Um, So you just have to give credit because he's a guy who throughout his career, people have criticized and disparaged for being a poor defender who doesn't put in the effort. And he's really turned his game around in golden state. Yeah. I I have to commend them too.
1: And I think that is actually a pretty good place to leave off. I think we touched on everything we were
0: looking to touch today. Definitely. So um, thank you all so much for listening. This has been another great episode. And we're going to go watch the playing games, see what happens there. And I'm excited for the playoffs to start. Yeah, we'll get back to you next week. All right. Thank you all for listening and uh, take care.